The Fantasy Football Heroes and Villains podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Bird Dog Shorts. Dominate summer with an amazing pair of shorts and a free Yeti-style tumbler when you over at birddogs.com slash pool. That's birddogs.com slash P-O-O-L. DGENs assemble. Welcome back to Fantasy Football Heroes and Villains. I am your host, Justin Bruni. Joining me, as always, is my co host and partner, Mr. Andrew, the TD King. Rob, how are we doing, sir? Happy Tuesday. Yes, happy Tuesday, Justin. Uh, pleasure to be here. It feels weird not being on the bike. Uh, I mean, it feels good for the butt, but it feels bad because we're not drafting. I don't know what to do with my arms. They're not moving back and <laughs> forth. We are back with more best ball goodness, but the beers and the bikes are back in the closet. We have wrapped up our cardio draft series. I was talking to Andrew before the show. It sounds like he just he fell in love with the process. It, it sounds like he's yielded some some good teams because he's talking about just keep going. He's just going to keep riding that bike like he's fucking Forrest Gump. So full, full D-Gen mode activated here. Uh, tonight, we are going to be going over some risers and fallers in ADP personally from our exposure list. So we're doing high exposure fallers and low exposure risers, guys that we've drafted a lot of that we're going to start to get off of a little bit. Maybe we've you know invested a little bit too much on and, uh, and guys that we haven't invested as much on. You know, we maybe got one or two shares or maybe a small handful, but whether it be recent news or developments in our own takes in the offseason, we're going to be talking about those guys that are going to be climbing up our boards. Uh, Andrew, I'll toss it over to you first. Who is, let's go with a quarterback position, one of your high exposure fallers, someone that you've been drafting a lot of that maybe you're starting to get off of. Oh, man. Uh, I know I talked to you a little bit before the show about this, but um, unintentionally, I am pretty even across the board on a lot of my uh, a lot of my exposures here. So I guess just looking at it, I have a couple guys that are tied at the top for me at 14 percent and a few more guys below that at 12 percent. Out of those guys, there's there's two in there that I don't feel as good about their uh, opportunities to score touchdowns uh, through the air, at least maybe with their legs a little bit. But those two guys are Pickett and Jones. I I'm going to focus a little okay. bit on, on Pickett here. And, and here's the reason why. Um, Pickett, I currently have 14 percent uh, drafted. Again, that, that's not an outrageous number, but I, I do feel like Najee Harris is going to have a better year this year which I do think will take away from the touchdown ability of Kenny Pickett, whether that be with mm -hmm. his legs, because he is he's athletic. I mean, right. We saw him make the NCAA change the rule about a quarterback, you know, sliding. So, uh, you know, I just I think the offense should revolve more around Najee Harris this year. Uh, I do. Obviously, you know, we both like Deontay Johnson. Uh, George Pickens has been getting lots of love. They have Pat Fryermuth. They just drafted big ass Darnell Washington. So they have some guys that can catch passes from Kenny Pickett. But 
there's a reason he's going later on in these drafts, right? I, I think that that's kind of why I have a larger exposure on him is because he is going later. It's easy to stack him. Uh, you don't have to worry about spending too much draft capital. But with that said, I do still think that they want to, you know, lean on the run game a little bit more, not getting to shootouts because I don't think that the team is built for a shootout. You know, they want to have more of a low scoring game that they can control and they're going to do that on the ground. So Kenny Pickett for me is one guy I, I don't think I'm going to be taking a ton of throughout the rest of the year. Definitely get some more exposure to him, but I, I would like the number to ultimately at the end be somewhere around probably 14, 15% like it is now. Over under 3,300 passing yards for Kenny Pickett this season. Last year, in I believe 14 games, he had about 2,800. I'll take the under. Um, okay. Now, if you, do you have his touchdowns there by any chance? I don't. I just I just okay. made that up. Just pulled yeah, it out I'll, my butt. I'll, I'll take the under on that. I, I would be interested in touchdowns, though, because I, I do think he can throw a lot of touchdowns, but not like a lot. Like, not 30, but like maybe in the 21 range somewhere in there okay i was gonna ask you 24 and a half you know again uh, i would take the under. out of nowhere yeah okay. i take the under on that well i mean that's a pretty good number i mean if you're gonna you know if you're like oh it's got it's got to be between 20 and 20 24 i mean that's a, mm -hmm. that's a tight range got davis in the chat saying he heard darnell washington's ass is so big uh his pants have the words juicy on it nice <laughs> nice nice <laughs> that was a solid joke uh, solid. i had a freshman math teacher ask a, a girl in, in my class like why does it say juicy on your pants? It may have said some other th other name like uh like I don't know wet or something. I don't know whatever adjectives they were Sweet using. Baby, in the, all those cool yeah. uh, ones that it was like bedazzled on the ass. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and then she had to you know turn around and say, "Why are you reading my ass?" He's like, "Well, it says it right there," and you were just like right in front of me. Like, what do you want? He wasn't brought back uh, for any years after that. So mm -hmm. good riddance. Uh, can't remember his name. I did not like that guy though. But no, Kenny Pickett, I, I agree with that one. And I think the Steelers in general, I think they're going to be a little bit consistent on the show, whether it be high or lower exposure. We'll definitely tip the cap there to Deontay Johnson. And yeah, I, I'm, I'm right there with you. I do feel like the team is going to focus on running the ball a lot. They're going to be very risk adverse for downfield passing. You know, I think, you know, you are going to be looking for some big splash plays out of George Pickens here and there. But I think as far as like Kenny Pickett's ability to get into, you know, a top five quarterback, Week in and week out, I think you're asking a lot. I think there could be a few a few boom weeks, and you know I think where you're drafting Kenny Pickett, you're drafting him as your like number two or three uh, QB. You know if you're going like really high end with like a Patrick Mahomes, maybe you back that up with a Kenny Pickett because realistically, how many other QBs are going to have the potential to go over the top of Patrick Mahomes unless it's some crazy circumstance? Uh, I do see Kenny Pickett developing as a passer, but I don't think that the tea leaves are you know strong enough at this time for me to say like, oh yeah, like, you know, he's, he's definitely top consideration for top 15 QB. Uh, I have about three shares of them out of uh, 84 teams. So he, I, he would be in the lower exposure range for me, but not someone that I would say like, oh yeah, I got, I got to start drafting some more Kenny Pickett. You know, I, I do love me some Najee Harris and I, I'll kind of shift over to a receiver just because we're on the, the topic here. High exposure guy that I'm coming down from Deontay Johnson. He is my second highest exposed receiver at this time right behind my guy dj moore by about 50 bucks uh he and dk metcalf i've spent both 475 on that's a percentage of about 22 percent and it really just comes back to the same argument that you have for kenny pickett i love the value that i'm getting from deontay johnson he's going in rounds anywhere like six seven or eight eight you know really disrespectful but man i've seen it and we were seeing it early in the offseason about 
George Pickens getting drafted ahead of him in a lot of formats and in, in the big board and in, in the little board draft. So that's definitely something to look out for. I think that DJ again is a great value, but expecting him to you know bring home like Justin Jefferson numbers, I think is going to be a, a bit much. Even with him getting 140 plus targets, I still feel like they may not be the the most booming volume that you can get in that space. Although, again, drafting in rounds like six through eight, he also probably won't find another receiver that's going to get 140 potential targets. So there are some back and forth there. But myself, I've already loaded up plenty on him. So this is a, a very clear situation for me where I just want to divert with the rest of the market. Um, any other thing? Any other things to add on for for DJ and, and, and Kenny Pickett? I know that you have uh, DJ pretty high as well. I do. Uh, he's 29% exposed for me. He's my highest exposed receiver at this current moment. Uh, I Yeah, again, I mean, you, you already laid out the case for Deontay Johnson. I mean, it's all about the targets, uh, you know, and he's going at a really good range where, again, I we always say that there's guys going around him that don't quite have that same ability to command that many targets. So DJ is somebody I'm going to I'm going to try to lay low a little bit on him just due to the exposure I have on him. But he's, he's somebody I'm still going to be drafting throughout the throughout the year. Um so, I mean, I, I know we both like Deontay Johnson, but do you know what else I like? Bird dogs, baby. They make you look so good. Bird dogs stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but fit way better. Bird dogs fix the issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches. So you can get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice Movement. Bird Dogs uses anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. That really would come in handy for your boy here because I do a ton of golfing. And as you may imagine, out there on the course for four plus hours, drinking, sweating, I can get a little bit of a odor, as we say, uh, down in the undercarriage. So uh, Bird Dogs has me covered with their, uh, again, anti-stink sweat wicking fabric uh do us a favor go to birddogs.com slash pool and enter promo code p-o-o-l for a free yeti style tumbler with your order that's birddogs.com slash pool for a free yeti style tumbler you won't want to take your bird dogs off we promise you i like how you're all polite with the undercarriage talk instead of just saying that your ball smell while you're golfing in the summer i mean <laughs> You're not golfing in October. I mean, it's a little what bit of happened? a different. Uh, do, do balls drop off? Exactly. <laughs> they, won't. they won't in bird dogs. Go to bird dogs. Oh, right. pool. Yeah, they have those built-in liners too. Gotta love it. Nice and tight. Nice. And nice. Tight. All right. Who's your next man up so far? We've got Kenny Pickett and DJ. Nice little high exposure faller stack. We still going with high exposures? Yeah, you can switch it up anytime you like. Ah, let's stick with the high exposure here because there's there's one guy and it's, he's on your team and I know you know that I love him. Give me some Roshan Johnson, baby. 29% drafted right now. Uh, again, it, the thing for me with Roshan uh, ultimately is I just think he's the overall best back that Chicago has there. I think that it's going to shine through. He seems like somebody who can do everything that they want him to do. Uh, he can catch the ball. He's obviously can run the ball. Um, I I think this pass protection is probably going to need a little bit of work, but overall, like I, I don't think that that's going to ultimately hurt him for the lead dog position on the Bears. Uh, Deontay Foreman, fine. We saw him. You know, he's he's gotten hurt, right? He had one of those injuries that that's usually hard to come back from, but we saw him last year be very good in Carolina. So I don't want to poo-poo him, but ultimately, 
he's, he's probably trending downwards, right? Khalil Herbert was there last year. Good running back, got injured, can still do everything they want him to do. But ultimately, there's a reason they drafted Roshan Johnson, right? Like, I think that they want him to be the guy. So I, I don't want to back off again on my exposure. I still think Roshan Johnson is – I'm he's somebody I'm putting all my chips on this year. Like, he's a my guy. I, but I do realize that, again, I don't want to be like 50% of him at the – you know, when I draft my, my 150. So I do realize I need to pull back the reins a little bit. I do see that there's probably an avenue for these other guys to potentially be the starters and have me be wrong. Won't happen often, people, but I will get it wrong every now and again. So I could be wrong on Roshan. So I do want to get a little bit of exposure to these other guys. And there are some other RBs going around the Roshan Johnson uh, you know, ADP that I don't mind picking up. So for me, Roshan Johnson, 29%. Don't hate it, but also realize I need to pull back just a little bit. Yeah, so I want to play the game with you here because I have our board pulled up from our last draft, and you okay. drafted Roshan Johnson, very on brand, in round 13. So, you know, if, if you are coming down on him, maybe a little bit, I want to I want to you know touch on some names that were drafted after him. Okay. So Roshan Johnson or Tyler Algier. Uh they're about the same for me. I like Algier too because he's one injury away for you know, one Bijan injury away for, for you know for being a very good back on, on a team that wants yep. to run a lot. So uh, I'm on par with both of them. Run a lot and has a very good offensive line. Um did I re- remember that right? Yeah, they have a good offensive line. Uh Devin Singletary or Roshan Johnson? Uh again, same. I, I also like Devin Singletary a whole lot. Devin Singletary is my highest exposed player, period. Uh, so I also I would probably have him ahead of Roshan. Uh, Jerome Ford or Roshan, another and you're, king you're, on Brander. Again, if I could just draft all my RBs in this area, I would because I love me some Jerome Ford. I mean, I yeah, give me give me both. I, I love them both. All these guys right now. You got to really pick one. You're up. To... You're on the clock. Oh, man. Oh, so right now. Probably Jerome Ford only because, again, how much exposure I have to Roshan Johnson. But I do like I like Roshan more ultimately. If this was my first draft, still pick Roshan. No, but that's that's the whole point is like, all right, so how are we going to start to mix it up now? Because, yeah, like you said, you have a lot of Roshan. Jerome Ford, a, a good option here. I think this one, I know the answer clearly. Uh, Roshan or Raheem Mostert? Oh, Roshan. Yeah, exactly. Obviously. Especially because I think Dalvin Cook's going to go to Miami. So, Yeah, there you yeah. go. Um and then let's see. Uh, well, the next, give next me some, two guys. I was the, like, I'm just going in order of the draft. I'm just going in order of the draft. Yeah, so, give like, me some as of the wide I, receivers going around because here's another thing that people okay. need to think of too is when you want to pull back the reins on some of the exposure, uh, a good thing to do is flip the switch and go for a different position in that range. That way, you're not loading up at a different per player at the same position. So, give me some mm. of the wide receivers there. I don't think you like these guys. Uh, Donovan Peoples Jones or Roshan. Oh, man. By that time, I probably have at least five to six wide receivers. Right. Probably don't need DPJ, so Roshan. Right. Uh, let's see. Jalen Hyatt or Roshan? Yeah, Roshan. Uh, Adam Thielen or Roshan? No, oh, Roshan for sure. These guys are all <laughs> drafted right around the yeah. Roshan pick again. What about, so what about right before Roshan? Give me like three names before because sometimes those guys fall. Um, Adam Thielen, DPJ. Nico Collins, Nico Collins. Okay, Nico one. Collins is, uh, yeah, I, I like Nico a lot, so I, I'd be all right with Nico there. Um, I do think he's probably the best option to garnish targets on the Texans. So yeah, right. I'm, I, I'm okay with Nico. I got three names left: Alec Pierce, Marvin Mims, or Jalen or Jaden Reed. Um, all of them are, would be in contention if I know I want to pull back the reins because I do think all of them have some sort of um upside case. Uh, mm-hmm. 
I mean, ultimately, I think we just recently, or we just now discovered that it's the running backs there for me. It's I, I love all four of those guys that we talked about. So give me them all. Yeah, I mean, I love the the situation for Roshan. I love all of the love for Roshan as a Bears fan. I just think it is going to be a very middled group. Uh, the fact that Roshan has been just so pumped up, I'm getting Khalil Herbert at a little bit more uh, value than I think you would, or at least that you're going to have in the uh, upcoming months. Like Khalil Herbert going in round 11, uh, I think is a bit of a steal, uh, still with his experience and his um, no, a wherewithal in the offense. Like He obviously is going to have a better read on the playbook, being there another year. Um, and he is a guy that I still envision being, you know, heavily used on first and second down. I think Roshan's blocking ability, and like you had said, like he's an all-around type of back. He can catch, he can block. I think that does lock him in for a potential third down role. He, I, I think the bigger issue in this in this debate is the presence of Donta Foreman. What is his role going to be in the offense? Who is he going to take away from more? Is it going to be Roshan or is it going to be Khalil Herbert? I think that's the tougher question. Well, remember, so, so one last thing on Herbert real quick is uh, different coaching staff here now, not the one that ultimately wanted him before. So uh, just another sure. knock against him. I do agree with your Deontay Foreman case, though. I I think he's he's more of a running back, right? He, he's not going to catch the passes per se. So I think ultimately he probably hurts Herbert a little more. I think those two fight for that, that lead dog spot to begin the year. Mm-hmm. But I think Roshan's probably the best pure pass catching back that they have so that's that's one thing i lean on with him is i do think that he carves out a role regardless i just ultimately think that he takes that next step and becomes the starting running back some point in the first part of the year that's that's fair enough i mean and like i said as a bears fan i really hope so i really don't have that much of roshan and you know it's probably one of those situations where i'm gonna you know wait for a little bit more camp talk you know wait wait for things to kind of unfold a little bit in training camp because i also don't believe he's gonna have like an immensely increased cost the closer that we get to to week one Mm -hmm. you know he's going in round you took him in round 13 in this last one i think even with a lot of hype i don't see him cracking the like top 10 rounds depends if there's an injury i think that that it will if there's down to two guys instead of three i think that's different but yeah i mean sure yeah i think 10's probably rich maybe He, he, he might get to 11 that's only 14 picks yeah, I mean, there's really not that much of a, of a difference there in, in value. Yep. And if you're moving him up the board, then obviously you're you know getting another potential sleeper in his spot as well. So I think in a, I think it can all mean good things. However, when I have been taking Roshan, I am backing him up. You know, I'm getting either a Herbert share or I'm getting a Foreman share. I think with how late you're drafting those guys and how low exposed we are to you know elite running backs in the in the early rounds, I think that's a that's a very good strategy to run with. You know, just try to catch whose ever sales are you know actually going to take off. All right, my next guy, I think we'll wrap up the high exposure guys with a tight end. Been talking him up a lot. Another Houston Texan, Dalton Schultz. And it might just be because I'm starting to lean into Nico Collins a little bit more. But it's still hard for me to believe that Dalton Schultz can't have a very, very good chance at being second on this team in targets. It's just that as the days go by and the closer we get to this season, I'm feeling like those targets are not going to be as valuable as I hope they'll be. You know, he may have targets. But how many of them are going to be high value targets? How many of them are going to be, you know, targets in the in the red zone, right? Like he's not a big body guy. He's not someone that I expect to top, you know, six and a half receiving touchdowns this upcoming season. But he is someone who I believe can have 80 plus catches this year. You know, again, probably someone with a lower A dot. I'm really just playing the volume here. Let me see exactly the percentage. I know he's my top guy. Like he's my top tight end drafted. I have him at 14% currently drafted. 
I have him at 19%. And I, th- I think I need to trim that down a little bit. Um, I have separated him and Shig a little bit. At one point, Shig was number two. Taysom Hill and Tyler Conklin have still, uh, or now have edged him by like a, like a draft, by like a draft or two. So pretty even with those four players, Schultz, Hill, Conklin, and Shig. I just feel like even those three other guys, Aconwo, Conklin, and Hill, I think have an opportunity for some high-value targets or touches, you know, being more potential red zone threats. That's that's just kind of where I'm at with it. Still like Dalton Schultz a lot. I think it's a great opportunity. I think it's good value to get in on. Rounds 12 to 14, if I'm starting with him as my first tight end, yeah, I'm probably drafting two more, but I don't really feel that bad about it because I've exposed myself to higher values at obviously running back, you know, receiver, and most likely a quarterback or two by that point. Yeah, I mean, I I don't have any case against Schultz. I think one thing you had mentioned to me that kind of stuck with me is you think he can lead the team in, in targets, right? Or, or at least be second. I, I like. I, those guys. I think that's just a very practical take. I don't. I don't think that's like outlandish or you know sensationalizing his abilities. Like yeah. I just don't believe that you know in Stroud's first year he has to take a ton of risk by constantly trying to put the ball downfield. I think you and I both agree that they're going to try to run the ball a lot. And I think, you know, when you're mixing in those disguised type of runs, low A dot, big body tight end. I mean, he's, I guess I shouldn't say he's a big body tight end. He's just the tight end. He's going to have a little bit of a wider frame than some of the receivers. But, you know, you know that I like Xavier Hutchinson, uh, Nico Collins. You know, we're not drafting a ton of Robert Woods or Tank Dell, but I'm sure there's oh, come on. in I'm, there somewhere. I'm all over Tank Dell. I mean, give Tank, give Tank Dell his respect exposure right now tell me i want to know i got it i got to hear uh, how many 20 percent. 20 percent. the tank dell baby yes i do Good i gracious. i think i think outside of nico collins he scores the most fantasy points at the wide receiver position for the texans i have 75 dollars. that's three entries <laughs> hutchinson i have one <laughs> like uh that's that's that sounds expensive to me that sounds expensive to me i i like the narrative of go get me that guy you know spending some draft capital on him i i like that it's a good story but man i don't know it's a it's a buried group it feels like could be but don't they feel like they kind of really just have like an an open tryouts at wide receiver to to kind kind of of, build the build the depth (laughs) chart right like it's none of those guys are like yep we we definitely know he's the one like it's probably nico collins Mechie was brought in last year to do something. Unfortunately, you know, he had the cancer bout. So, I mean, we it's unknown. They have Robert Woods. He's on the wrong side of, of 30 now. So, I mean, Robert Woods still a good uh, player, though, so it won't surprise me if he does a lot for the Texans. But Tank Dell was just brought in by this coaching staff. They obviously like him. He's building rapport with Stroud there. He's He looks really good in camp as well. I just think that it's open season for them to kind of fill out their depth chart. I'm just making the bet on a really late guy I'm getting in the last two rounds to potentially be the number two-ish target on the team. On a team that, uh, for, for all intents and purposes, is going to be losing a lot of games probably and need to throw the ball. So I I think it's a very uh, fair bet to make is you know one of the last two rounds. Fair bet, you say. So who, who we want to put a little, uh, little action on Dalton Schultz targets versus uh, Tank Dell? Oh man, I do think you probably win that one, but I'll take that bet. I'll take that. I, I mean, I think I have to give you some plus odds. Like, I, I think <laughs> I was that, gonna like, say, I was like, I think that I think I'm gonna lose that bet, but I'll take it. <laughs> like, you know, I would probably have to shave my head. You'd probably have to, like, you know, come mow my lawn or something. I don't know, like, you know, some something like less discriminating, <laughs> you know, 
something like that. But yeah, I think the odds are are in my favor there for sure. All right, let's uh, let's swing over to our low exposure risers. But before we do, I just want to you know let you guys know that we are brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. The Best Ball Mania Four is here. Your boy has been drafting like a beast. Number eighty four was in the books yesterday. I actually drafted two. Two teams while live, giving out my picks with my co-host Emerson, Mr. Beery. And Underdog Fantasy is giving away $15 million in prizes. Also, Underdog Pick'em is a great way to get down on your favorite MLB and college baseball player props. There are so many ways to win over at Underdog, and it's active in a ton of states. Head over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. P-N. Go use that promo code, guys. You're getting four free Best Ball Mania drafts. And I mean, if you really want to milk the extra money, I mean, that's, I don't know, you'd have to ask Emerson, like, how many puppies that gets you, but arr, 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 that'll fill up your puppies pretty quick. So, you know, whether you're doing four Best Ball Manias or, you know, cashing in on some poodles, some puppies, you know, we're, we're giving you that extra bankroll to attack these, uh, you know, these high volume tournaments that can be paying dividends. It would be 20 puppies, by the way, if you do the quick math on 100 bucks. Uh, divided by seven, 100 by seven, that's too much, man. Seven? It's, what? The puppies isn't it are seven five. bucks? No, uh, was, wait, no, that was the poodle. The poodle was seven. I, hey, man. Yeah, puppy, those, poodle, chihuahua. We got all kinds small of dogs. shit going on. Those small are small dogs, dogs okay? See, I'm like not, I'm, I'm not all about the small dog contest. I like I like the, the exactly the, the dogs. DMX. Her, her. You know, that's, that's right. Yeah, the, yeah. That's that's our bar club. I want that's, some terror coming out of people's uh, eyes as they look at the big dog. You know what I mean? Exactly. Andrew, give me one of your low exposure risers. Somebody we need to get more in on. All right. Well, uh, let's go back to quarterback here, and uh, for me, it's uh, Deshaun Watson. Uh, I okay. have currently 2%, only one best ball mania team with him on it. And that is not going to fly. Uh, it, it was com- it completely flip flop for me I, in uh, the big board. When that opened up, everyone was kind of low on Deshaun Watson. I was taking the value. Then BBM came out and Deshaun Watson's kind of a little higher than I thought he would be, but it still, it doesn't scare me off of it. I've actually just got sniped on him a ton. Um, like last night, for example, did a, did an underdog uh, cardio club draft by myself. And mm-hmm. took Amari Cooper, was planning to go ahead and take Watson. He was sniped right in front of me. I still took Najoku. I still like the offense. Uh, I, I, I want a piece of Deshaun Watson. I think last year he was he served a raw deal, right? And and that is his fault. We all know why. But again, raw deal coming in. You know, people can unfairly look at him and say he sucked last year, right? He played uh, what seven games, and I think two of them, if I remember correctly, were awful weather, very bad, high winds. Those you can kind of throw out the window. He mm-hmm. had no offseason training with any of the guys he was throwing to because he was suspended. So there's just a lot of things that were working against him last year. This year, great. They have a great team, a good offensive line, great running back that that you know will kind of keep people maybe in the box a little bit more for Deshaun Watson. He's obviously a good uh, runner with the ball. He has good weapons. Amari Cooper, bring in Elijah Moore. They have DPJ, mm-hmm. David Njoku. They have a lot of weapons there. I think Deshaun Watson is being very undervalued. And I think that ultimately he could potentially finish as a top five guy. And, and you know, that's a guy I want to be on. So uh, Deshaun Watson, I will definitely be in on him a little bit more if I could, you know, stop getting sniped. 
he is a he is a tough buy at his ADP. I believe it's around pick eighty two. And this last draft that you and I did, he went in round seven. The quarterbacks that butt ended him were Trevor Lawrence in round six, and looks like Dak Prescott in round nine. So a fair bit of separation there. You know, he's kind of on an island in uh, round seven, and no quarterbacks drafted in round eight. So I, I think it is a very you know lobby prefaced type of situation where. You really need to feel the pressure on, you know, when it's time to take a quarterback. You know, if you're starting to see them fly off the board, you know, for example, there, you know, even in that round six, just one quarterback was drafted in Trevor Lawrence. I feel like that's going to be pretty volatile from draft to draft. You're going to see plenty of, you know, quarterbacks drafted in round six or seven. It's really just about feeling the room and feeling the draft board, you know, because when lobbies are getting aggressive on quarterbacks, I'm fading. You know, when I, when I see, you know, people pulling Patrick Mahomes into round two. I'm like, ooh, this is going to be fun. This is this is nice. You know, at one point we were seeing Patrick Mahomes go as high as pick 13, right? Just from the lack of uh, confidence in the offseason, having a little news. Now we're into, you know, about the beginning of summer here. And you're seeing those guys going like the end of round two, beginning of round three. So just like that brief window of evolution there at quarterback, you're going to see that trickle down to, you know, QB5 through QB8, which Watson is uh, sitting, I think, at QB, is it eight? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ten, actually, in this last one. Ooh, he's he's fell back a little bit, I believe. I, I, and again, I think that was probably just this lobby. I saw someone draft Aaron Rodgers in round five. That's an anomaly. That's not happening Yikes. in most drafts. Yeah, yeah. Well, they they were they were getting sick with it. Um, <laughs> Yikes! So yeah, I mean, there's there's going to be some some variance, right? But when you see something like that, you know, those are going to be the opportunities where you can go grab a Deshaun Watson. I really don't have any arguments against him. You did mention the weather. I, I will say, I think it's fair to note that the wind in Cleveland can be a bit redonkulous at times. You know, just being right there on the lake, I, I think that could be a factor, but. I also have seen Deshaun Watson finish finish as a top five QB. So saying that doesn't sound ridiculous to me. Uh, that's something that I can buy into. I only have about three shares of him, so I think we're kind of in the same boat here. And I will say that when I have you know gotten Cooper or even say Nick Chubb, and I'm eyeing Watson, I'm not taking him ahead of ADP because a lot of these top QBs, like the top ten guys, there's no need to. You know, once you get down to the nitty gritty. You know, and you're, you know, you're the only team that hasn't taken a Q QB. I really don't mind if you take a quarterback eight to 10 picks ahead of ADP because you're just fulfilling that need and you've probably made up the value elsewhere. So I have Watson just 4.8% drafted out of 84 drafts, $100. So four, so four drafts, four out of 84. I agree with you. I think that we can both do better and start to draft him with a little bit more priority. Kevin Stefanski is no slouch. Like he is a, a good offensive mind. I think that with the weapons that they have, you know, he can be drawn up for success in 2023. Like, I I don't think that's a far-fetched take. Uh, I will shift over to the wide receiver position. What are your thoughts on uh, the Tyree Kill situation developing down there in Miami? Is it time we start prioritizing Jalen Waddle a little, a little bit more? Man, I, I don't think so. I just read before we got on the pod that it was a slap in the back of the head to one Ooh. of the crewmates on the ship nice. that he was on. So I'm not sure. I... I Honestly, it said in the story that the guy didn't want to press charges at the time. I think he probably thought about it and thought, you know what? If I do that, I can probably get a little bit of a payday here, right? This dude's not paying taxes down here in Florida. He got some dough. 
ultimately, I think it's just going to come down to Tyreek Hill's going to give him a little bit of money. It's going to go away, and we're going to not think nice. about it the rest of the time. So I, I, I'm going to say it's a no story. Um, yeah, I, I, I just, I don't know. The more I read into it, it kind of seems like it's like a, okay, this guy can give me a little bit of cash. All right, so then let's talk about Tyreek Hill as a, as a top three option. Can I get him at pick seven now? I, I I don't think so unless he unless people hate him. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, man. People people react to this stuff, you know, sure. pretty immediately. Like I, I I expect if I go into a draft this evening, I'm gonna see him probably fall to pick six or seven. Take the dip. Bye. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um Waddle, I have only drafted, let's see. Oh, of course, the one guy I didn't write my percentage down for. Uh no, I have it here. 3.6% out of 84 drafts. Not a lot. I still feel like we should be getting in on him more. I feel like his cost is too high. Do we see a dip from Waddle? Obviously, yeah, maybe you know people you know watch some of the Twitter news and they react to Tyree Kill for a handful of days. But do we actually see Waddle fall at all and get him at a little better value? Cuz him going in round 2 is it's it's pretty rich, but I mean when you look at what he did, you know, last season, pull up his numbers here, He's still improved from the season prior. Like his numbers have still progressed. Yeah, they're a team that's pretty concentrated on just their two wide receivers. So that that makes sense. They're, they're kind of like the Bengals, right? The Bengals are also a team that concentrates on, you know, Chase and, and Higgins. So it's mm-hmm. very concentrated target uh, dispersion there. So, I, yeah, I think that that's fine. I, I have, I just looked, I have 6% drafted of Hill, 12% draddle, uh, drafted of Waddle. Interesting. So the vis-a-vis, as they say. Mm-hmm. Okay, interesting. I mean, I, I want to start taking some more Waddle. Let me see uh, if I can pull up Hill. He's not really in this in this conversation, but let me see where I have him. I, I'm pretty sure I have a lot more of him. Uh, da, 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 da. You know, where you can just you? search it, right? Sorry, I was just doing the old scroll. <laughs> I got up to it. I got Tyreek at 10.8, uh, $225. So I believe that's uh, four, eight, nine drafts. Nine out of 84. And for Waddle, I just have uh, looks like three. I think I need to revert that a little bit, just little because bit. of how how high how high powered the offense is and how it's based on you know speed, the deep ball. I, I think I need to kind of make that flip a little bit. Um, just kind of shows you you know how many times I'm getting that you know top five exposure. You know, yep, no, no big deal, no big deal. All right, who's the next guy up for you? Oh yeah, let's take a wide receiver here as well. Um, okay. Uh, there's a couple guys down here that I look and I'm like, you know what? Like, I would like to get some more. It's just, it's really about the the offense for me, right? So mm-hmm. one guy that, and, and we had just touched on this uh, the other day that I have a pretty low exposure on, but I think actually has some downfield threat uh, capability and, and potentially, you know, higher touchdown rate is uh, Alec Pierce. Okay. Alec Pierce, uh, you know, it, and, and this and this conversation is just kind of hinging on we think it's going to be Richardson there, uh, you know, at, at quarterback, right? So we we talked the other day about, um, you know, what is potential, what Richardson's potential yardage could be thrown for, for the year and how we think, you know, the disbursement's going to be between Pittman and some of these other guys, right? Mm-hmm. I think Pittman's more of a possession receiver kind of role here for them. Someone Agreed. across the middle, someone that's going to be within, you know, 10 yards uh, of the line of scrimmage, catching these balls that are contested, you know, a little bit used in the red zone, right? I think mm-hmm. Alec Pierce's strengths are going to be down the field. And Richardson, obviously, we know can throw a ridiculous ball down the field. 
I do think that there is potential for him to catch some long passes. Kind of, you know, think of like Rashid Shahid last year, right? He had a couple of games that just bombs downfield catching him. I think he had two touchdowns one game. I, I think that some of those boom weeks are are uh, you know very possible for Alec Pierce. So again, mm-hmm. I have currently two percent drafted, which is one entry with Alec Pierce on it. I need to bump up those numbers a little bit. The problem is I don't want to take Anthony Richardson a whole lot. Like I. I believe that he could do what people says he can do. I'm just not really buying into it for myself. I think it's possible. Mm-hmm. I just don't want to buy it. But I do think Alec Pierce has some sort of a value to him. So I do want to draft him more, but that does not mean I'm going to be drafting more Anthony Richardson. Um, but yeah, Alec Pierce, 2% for your boy. Yeah, I have no argument against that. If anything, I do need uh, another situation where I need to make the flip. Uh, Michael Pittman, another guy on my list for high exposure that I want to come down from. That's another situation where I just feel like, you know what? I'm still buying in on that offense. I'm, I still believe in Anthony Richardson. Let's just go to the wide receiver two here. Let's let's make a bit of a shift. Uh, let me see how I'm panning out there. I can already tell you Pittman's high. $475, just as much as Deontay Johnson, DK Metcalf, and just a smidge higher than my boy C.D. Lamb. Not your boy, my boy. Uh, Alec Pierce, let's go ahead and... Nope, it's not going to let me search for it. Let me just scroll really quick. He's at the bottom. I know he isn't uh, getting drafted a ton by me. Alec Pierce, $100, four shares out of eighty out of 84. So, okay. again, a good situation where I feel, you know, making that flip, you know, will have a profitable return. And I'm also flipping ADP, you know, because Michael Pittman is going around, you know, around six through seven, very similar to uh, Deontay Johnson and DJ Moore. Let me pull up Alec Pierce. I believe he was close to you in that round 13. Yeah, round 13. So I'm also flipping that ADP. Maybe I can start to get in on some uh, some running backs that I may feel like I want to bring up the board. Mm-hmm. A la Segway Cam Akers. <laughs> just one share. Just one share of Cam Akers. And now that they've signed Sony Michelle, I'm going to buy the dip, baby. He's going in rounds, let's say, six and seven, kind of in that similar range. I think I can get him uh, eight, eight to nine maybe. We're in the same wavelength. I also have only drafted Cam Akers once. We gotta. I think we gotta start doing it. I don't think Sony Michelle's any sort of competition. I, I, no. If anything, I feel even more confident taking Cam Akers now. S- sell me on him. I, I I just can't. I can't get the stench of him out of my mind They're, from last year. Sure. The, I don't think their offensive line is very good. I think that he's going to have to catch some passes out of the backfield and they're going to need to develop the short game. And I think he's going to be a big part of that. When your offensive line is bad, I so downhill run that thing up the middle as hard as you can. I think that he is in line for a fair amount of work. I like Zach Evans as well, but it's it, all signals point to Cam Akers being the lead ball carrier for them this year. Again, I don't think that Sony Michelle is a huge threat. I like Zach Evans to get mixed in here and there, but I think that Cam Akers is going to be a, a good power runner for the Rams. Like I said, I don't love their offensive line. Bottom five in the league, you know, not that dissimilar from what my Bears were last year, but they were still able to run the ball. And that's a great way to keep your quarterback upright to protect Matt Stafford and you know develop a clean pocket for him. And then of course develop the play action, which you know Matt Stafford has thrived in in his entire career. So I think that he's just going to be a big asset for the offense in general. I mean, the easiest thing for him to come cl- uh, clashing down is if they go out and sign another running back. But I don't see it. I, I see Sony Michelle just being a, a you know a piecemeal addition here, someone that can come in and reprieve a Cam Akers or a Zach Evans in the event of, you know, just just rest. So you're not worried about Kieran Williams or Zach Evans, the newly uh, drafted nope. Zach Evans? 
No, I just I, I like him. I don't think that he's going to threaten Acres for volume touches and and um, high value touches like in the red zone. Like I don't see any of those guys stealing the ball from him inside the five. Okay, fair enough. And it's still an offense that I like. It's a very underrated offense in June right now. I think that we're going to have a different tone about the Rams. You know, come closer to Week One. Yeah, no, I I don't hate Acres. I just. Mm-hmm. Last year, he was so incredibly bad until the last, like, what, four games of the year, three games of the year. And then he, like, went off. It's it. I don't know. I just I just have a bad feeling that it's going to mm-hmm. happen again. It's just no, going I- to he's just going to fall off immediately. They're going to he's going to fall out of favor. They're going to try out these these rookies and the second year guy mm-hmm. and just kind of acres will just mix his way in. He might even be traded. That's probably in Ooh. my mind. If I want if Ooh. I want to draft him, I want him to be traded to a team that maybe will need him at some point. I just I, I don't know. I, I think don't the Rams I want him to ball. be buried in ADP. I, I think if he gets traded, people are going to start moving him up the board. Yeah, yeah, if he gets in a, in a decent spot, like if he goes to like, you know, like we're always talking up the Chiefs or the Bills, if he went somewhere like that, round five, probably round four. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like James Cook who? You know what I mean? I think he's going ahead of James Cook right now. Yeah. Let me sure. pull this up. Uh, James Cook went in round eight and Cam Akers went in round six. I'd, take, I'd rather take James Cook. Well, I would too. I have been. That's what we've been doing. That's, a, that's what we're telling you, folks. But I, I still feel good about getting in it now because I do believe there is going to be a bit of a market dip because of Sony Michelle. I don't think that that should be the case, but I think that because Sony Michelle carries a smidge of a name brand, you know, he's, I believe he won a Super Bowl with Tom. You know, I, I feel he like did. there's some name brand there. People are going to be a little bit more familiar with him and be like, Sony Michelle kind of- is returning to the Rams, correct? He was there before. Yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah, he was there because yeah, uh, he won two Super Bowls. He won back to back, I believe. I guess I forgot about that. I, I think he won. Didn't he win with the Rams and with the. And I know that he's coming Patriots. back to the Rams, but I, I don't remember if he was on the Super Bowl okay. team off the top of my head. But yeah, like I said, I think it's a good situation to get in on. I think that they're going to need the run game. He's still their most established guy and they're verbally committing to him. Like, you know, they're, they're talking him up right now. I mean, again, it's OTAs, but uh, I, I, I just like the fact that they went out and signed somebody that. I, that I don't believe is going to threaten for touches and has that, like I said, that smidge of name value, I think we're going to get back around, maybe two if we're lucky. It's going to depend on your lobby, but I do see a reality where you walk into some lobbies and you're getting them you know, now in round eight or nine even. Mm-hmm. Someone I can see falling, then I'm, I'm going to buy the dip. Uh, let's go with a tight end, low exposure riser. I can't pick between the two. What are your thoughts on Irv Smith Jr.? I'll, I'll throw him out there. I just have one share. He's going in rounds 13 to 14. You don't have to spend a lot on this guy. Is he someone that's going to climb the board for you? Like, do, do you see him going up in the rankings? Uh, potentially, yes. Um, good offense. The Bengals have used, have shown that, that they want to use their tight ends. So I do think that there's opportunity for him. The bad thing from me for him is that, again, we just said this, they're very concentrated with their targets. It's it's Chase and, and Higgins, right? With that said, uh, Boyd does mix himself in there. That will hurt Irv Smith as well. I, I don't think – I think if if he put, uh, pays off this year, it's it's touchdowns. It's that they use him in the red zone. He's getting to some touchdowns. 
I just I don't see him getting a ton of yardage throughout the uh, throughout the season because again I think that's going to be all the wide receivers that that end up doing that for them. But I do mm-hmm. think his uh, his upside is touchdowns. I think where he's going right now is ADP and everything makes him a fair value bet, right? Like that's again like a guy that could potentially score you six to eight touchdowns if he does that. He pays off his ADP high because again I mean the, the tight end you know after the first what six or seven is kind of a little desolate. So mm-hmm. I, I think that, yeah, I think it's a good bet. Um, I'm currently at 12% on him. Uh, I do usually try to stack him with Burrow. I think I have a couple of naked shares of him because, uh, you know, I usually do some three tight end bills when I'm taking guys that late. But, yeah, I, I think it's fine, right? I think he's a good, you know, fair value bet. It's tough for me. Like I said, I've only taken him one time, but I have this feeling that I need to start prioritizing him more. It's just the skill set's always been there. You know, to me, my biggest concern is health. You know, honestly, like if, if he's healthy, I think that he could be a better option than Tyler Boyd. I like Tyler Boyd a lot, but Tyler Boyd's the oldest of that group. He's going to be, you know, another year older, another year slower. Nothing against him. He's probably 20 times in better shape than I'll ever be. But, you know, uh, the, the math on him, you know, maybe not be in his favor for, you know, getting again another year older. Irv Smith. He's got the injury woes, you know. Maybe he's not even there week 17 to, to to bring home the cash. I do strongly and firmly recommend drafting three tight ends when rostering Irv Smith Jr. for sure. Uh, but someone that I've been yeah, I've been going back and forth with it. You didn't really sell me enough, unfortunately. I think I'm I'm, I'm going to have to do some more homework on him. But definitely a name that I, I was like, oh, he's at the bottom there. I like all the things that you had said. I like the offense. It's a pass-heavy offense. Nice kind of a free stack if you if you draft Burrow. You know, it's not going to cost you anything. You're not rushing to the well to double up on, you know, Higgins after you've already drafted Chase. You know, I could see a lot of builds where you have Burrow, Boyd, Chase, and Smith. Uh, I, I wouldn't hate that if you want to go, you know, super Bengals, that is. Mm-hmm. You know? yeah. uh, I've done that with some other teams before. Uh, it's not a bad team to do it with, especially with their potentially high-scoring Week 17 correlation with Kansas City Chiefs. Yes. You're looking for over 100 points, people. <laughs> All right, we've got time for uh, for one more. Who's your, who's your last guy? Wild card. You can go high, low exposure, any position. What do you got for me? Um, you know what? Let's let's do this. I'm going to take a low exposure tight end, like like we just talked about. Um, okay. but it's a guy that is drafted high in drafts, which is probably why I have a low exposure on him, and that's Mark Andrews. Okay. So Mark Andrews. Um, I, again, the, the reason I don't have a lot of exposure to him is because he's being highly drafted, and I just see the value of other tight ends going later that can still mm-hmm. put up boom weeks, right? So I, but I realized that Mark Andrews ultimately will probably still be the number one target on the team. I know they brought in OBJ because that's what Lamar Jackson wanted, but he also mm-hmm. wanted Hopkins and, and they didn't land Hopkins. So OBJ is not what he used to be. I don't think that he's just going to come in and command 20% of the targets, right? The the guy that kind of scares me off of maybe making Mark Andrews the number one on the team is actually Zay Flowers. Uh, over Rashad Bateman. I think I think Zay Flowers is being um, undervalued. Uh, I, I think that he has a wide variety of outcomes, but the most mm-hmm. likely one is the downfield threat that scores a bunch of touchdowns for them. So I think there's some things that work against Mark Andrews. But with that said, it's it's Mark Andrews. I mean, he's 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 a great tight end. He's fantastic. Mark uh, Lamar Jackson trust him. Uh, he realizes that he has sure hands. He knows mm-hmm. that he can rely on him, right? Like he's it's it's his guy. 
So I do think there's still value in taking Mark Andrews there. And I do think that he should still work up, you know, anywhere between 15 to 20% of the targets himself. So I, I still think there's value of Mark Andrews. What say you about the highly drafted Mark Andrews? I mean, I'm excited for him. I definitely have some investment here. I have $125. That's five shares. Um, guys with similar exposure for me. Um, he's kind of like in the middle of the group. I can't remember if I said it or not. I have 6% drafted. I have 6% drafted as well. Okay. So ahead of him, uh, same value, TJ Hawkinson, same amount of shares. But guys, just a smidge ahead, Gerald Everett, Jelani Woods, Juwan Johnson, Juwan Johnson, excuse me, Dawson Knox, Cole Komet. So obviously the later ADP guys. I'm right there with you on the cost. Like round three, like that's pretty expensive. In our last draft, he was butt-ended by Brees Hall, DK Metcalf, and Amari Cooper and Calvin Ridley. A lot of players I expect to have more touches come the end of the season and or more targets or scoring opportunities. Uh, he could have the most touchdowns. He should have more touchdowns than Amari Cooper and Calvin Ridley, I would hope. And Amar like in a in a tight end one season for Mark Andrews, where he's you know maybe potentially actually dueling Travis Kelsey for the title. Still kind of hard to do with his target share, but if it's going to happen, like that's why you're drafting him there. Like you're drafting Mark Andrews in round three because you believe he can actually go over the top of Travis Kelsey. If you don't believe that, you should not be drafting him right there. And it's going to be hard not to because he's constantly going before Lamar Jackson, which I believe happened in this in this last one. It's very difficult to stack the two together. I think that's really when you want to try to do it. Like if you really feel like you're going to be able to stack those two, then I think you you target Mark Andrews at ADP. But if not, I, I think you need to you need to you know back off. If you can get him in the turn, maybe like two three. I still think that's rich. I think the turn of three four is probably the most ideal situation because you could potentially land, you know, a Justin Jefferson, a Josh Jacobs, and then Mark Andrews and Lamar Jackson. I don't think that's a bad start. It's balanced. It's you know, it's not what we yeah. do. Yeah, but definitely. It, it's it's balanced, and I think it's a good start to to one of these drafts for you know a high volume tournament. Yeah, um, and and again, like uh, you know, just looking at the exposures, you just went you know through some of the guys that you have uh, around the same percentage as Mark Andrews, and a lot of the guys I have around the same percentage are guys that are going higher drafted, uh, such as Dallas Goddard, Evan Ingram, mm -hmm. Kyle Pitts, Travis Kelsey. Those are all within two percentage of. Mark Andrews for me. So I, I again, That's it's just good. the way I draft, right? You know, like right. we all have the way we draft tight ends. I know mm -hmm. I need to get exposure to some of these elite guys, but I, I'm just, I like to take them a little later or find the values of ones that drop that are mid tier guys. Um, you right. know, I'd rather take those guys all day. Yeah. So Knox, Komet, Kelsey, and Pitts all had the same amount of entries too. I guess I'd pan through those. Yep. Kyle Pitts, head of that group. Let's go, Kyle Pitts. <laughs> Awesome. All right. Any other uh, names you want to drop before we head out of here? No, I think we covered a lot. Uh, I mean, there, there's, I mean, man, we could talk about this all day long. There, there's definitely guys I have high exposures on that I'm like, you know what? I, I should probably drop that down Slow a little down. bit. But, Slow uh... down in the corners. <laughs> yeah. All right. Very good. Well, we are going to head out. We will be back with another show this Thursday, 9 p.m. Eastern. Be sure to check back in. Uh, we also have uh, more Dynasty uh, coming up with uh, Dave and Brad. Be sure to check out their show. Uh, they'll have one uh, dropping on Spotify here. I believe they just dropped one tonight, and they'll have another one here in the next couple of days. So be sure to look out for that midweek content. I know we got Gary on Friday and on Saturday with some good IDP uh, gems going over to the IDP market. And then Emerson and I will also be back on Sunday, you know, going over some more Dynasty content. So be sure to come ride with us. Any shout-outs for, uh, for the network, Andrew? 
No, man, I think you covered it all. Uh, I'm just, uh, I'm excited about, you know, what's, what's on the arise for SGPN, man, and, you know, the fantasy football division. We have a lot of stuff in the works. Can't wait to get to the Expo. Uh, you know, we were talking about that a little bit today. Uh, I'm, I'm very excited to get to the Expo, meet people in the industry that I just see on Twitter, uh, you know, get our name out there, do some fun stuff, you know, do the party. So the Expo is, uh, is, is on my mind pretty hardcore right now because we are, uh, it's going to be here before we know it. Yeah, yeah. I'll have a I'll have a kid by then. We'll be smoking some stogies, getting the group picture on like we just won the Stanley Cup. No big deal. <laughs> uh, take care. Be well, everybody. Uh, come back uh, next episode on Thursday. And of course, same time next week. Take care. Be well. Be good. If you can't be good, be good at it. We'll see you.